0: This is the True North Collective podcast, a gathering of unsugar-coated conversations on wellness created by the real-life documentation of everyday humans fearlessly finding their true north.
1: Welcome to season three of the podcast.
0: Hi, I'm Rachel, and I can be obsessed with jigsaw puzzles from time to time, but not all the time. The first concert I went to was Ricky Martin in the Nosebleeds, and I'm pretty sure I invented the double man bun.
2: Hi, I'm Courtney. I have three too many liberal arts degrees. I'm making my very last student loan payment tomorrow after $40,000 of student loan payments, and I don't know how to burp. Hi, I'm Janelle.
1: I'm a plant killer. I have raptor claws on my feet, and I find people that love the movie Elf offensive. And we are your hosts of the True North Collective podcast.
0: Okay, Chanel. Nobody. (laughs) I am so mad right now. (laughs) Why are you mad? Okay, what offensive? I know this one's just trying. I know people
1: are not gonna like that one. I can't. Okay, Elf is such a bad movie.
0: It is so funny. I wouldn't say it's like the best movie ever, but it's (laughs) entertaining. It's sweet. You freaking listen to that girl sing in the shower. She's great. Ugh. I I just I,
1: I, co- I couldn't even finish it. I thought
0: it was so I bad. Yeah, I can't even. I, There's yeah. so many movies than that. Okay, but let's talk about the burping because I think <laughs> I completely forgot that you couldn't burp. And then I I was like mad at that one. And then the elf comment, and I was like, I don't. Know. We just ruined Rachel's night. <laughs> Uh,
2: I was gonna say I don't know how to burp, but it sure does come out somewhere. And then I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I talk it about it that the time. Much. I'm much more of a farter than a burper. <laughs> I mean, it never comes out of my mouth, so.
0: about <laughs> you? So you can't
2: huh? burp. What does it yeah, mean literally- about? Right, I know. I think that the devil has. I don't know. I don't. I can't make anything up. I don't know. <laughs>
0: do doctors say? I've never asked. They've what is never a holistic, asked. What does a holistic medicine person say? Professional say?
2: That your dirt should come out of your pooper and not your face. Really? No, I made that up, but probably. <laughs> straight up. Doctor. It's so satisfying.
0: Here. I feel very <laughs> bad for you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, I fart 80% of my day, so don't feel too bad.
0: So does LaCroix, like, LaCroix makes me burp, but does LaCroix make you fart?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I
1: love this. Um... (laughs) Thanks for coming on the podcast, Courtney. (laughs) Uh, LaCroix also makes me burp. It does not make me fart,
0: though. I know, but if you're... If it's coming out the other end, then I would imagine things that make me burp make you fart.
1: True or false? <laughs>
0: uh, false. I think false. I was gonna okay. say if you keep waiting to respond, I'm gonna assume it's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm mostly
2: like hesitantly sitting in the background, thinking, "Is this what we're gonna talk about tonight?"
0: <laughs> it's possible.
2: I, mean, <laughs> I talk about funs a lot. Yeah, that is true. We
1: do talk about burping and farting a lot. I also, I'm into this whole Ricky Martin thing. My first concert was uh, Simple Plan at the Waukesha County State.
2: No, Waukesha County Fair. Is.
1: Simple Plan. What are,
2: they, what are they saying? It's like emo God, what is that song? Mm. Keep going. <laughs> I'm addicted to you. It's like, I'm a dick. I'm addicted to you. Oh, Very emo. Is that what it's supposed to be? I think those are the lyrics. Oh, yeah. Wait, going. Days,
0: I still, I'm like slowly latching on. on. Keep going. I'm addicted to you. Na 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 na. Na 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 I'm, I'm addicted to you. There it is. Got it. Got it in your head. So you can wh- it. Why'd you go to that? Oh yeah, you were an emo lover.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love emo music, and they were at the county fair in Waukesha, so pretty rad. I got one of those. um those wrist sweatbands said simple plan and then I could do like the rock symbol and you know, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. Actually speaking of that, did you guys, do you both have Spotify? Yes. Did you do the or look at your top songs of 2019 today?
0: No, but I'm going to do it right now.
1: What were yours, Courtney? Who's your top artist of the year?
2: Uh, not surprisingly at all. My, my artist of the decade was head in the heart. And very surprisingly, my artist of the year was Need to Breathe, which is a Christian band.
1: Interesting.
2: Yeah. How did that show up? I have not heard of them. Well, I looked up your band, Janelle, because (laughs) I thought if I'm listening to Christian music, I need to change that and listen to whatever (laughs) anybody else is listening to. So literally on my Spotify right now is, let's see what station I finally decided to pull up. A-OK. A-OK. my I've top artist.
1: I saw him in concert in LA a couple weeks ago. He's the best. And did you see that I was on a story today?
2: <laughs> no.
1: Yeah, he re, he reposted my my call out to him.
0: Oh my gosh. A-okay. First The Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> is this A-okay. somebody i should
2: have heard of before because i was uh, really embarrassed i didn't know no. anybody in your top like 5
1: AOK is not that popular yet but he's getting there arizona is getting there too they're becoming more popular that's who i saw at coachella this year i don't remember who else was in my top five but yeah my um my artist of the <laughs> decade was the chain smokers <laughs> oh i'm so sorry what <laughs>
2: actually what the chain think?
1: smokers um, I'm trying to think of. Uh, they have
2: like one song. No, how they have a million they songs.
1: They're so. Oh my gosh, they have a million songs. I've listened to so how many. How could they be of
2: the decade? Um, Haven't they just been popular for one song for one year? Yeah, that's how much I listen well, to listened to them for like, to like, like two them. years in a
1: row. <laughs> <laughs> I've really binged them in the last
0: six months. Oh yeah,
1: I binge listen to music. It's pretty bad. Um, I heard they're still oh, alive. Quinn 92. <gasps> what? Oh really? They did play at Summerfest a few years ago. Yeah, they're good. Like, Quinn 92 and AOK are like in partnership because they went to college together. That was my number three. Jeremy Zucker also performs with AOK, And then Mallrat is... I just listen to her music on repeat. Yeah, it's a really weird top five actually.
0: But <laughs> I'm looking at it. Rachel, do you find yours? Okay, I'm doing it right now. That's why I keep gasping in the background. <laughs> I, was like, you, I was like, is everything okay? Because <laughs> I don't know really who any of these people are. Um, it says that I am genre fluid. Me too. And Me too. I'm a world citizen.
2: Yeah.
0: Ow. How
2: many countries? Mine was 29.
0: 26. Dang
2: it. Oh, damn. Mine is um, like seven. I mean, I they think. counted Canada, like what's his name? Mendez. Interesting. Oh, Sean anyway, yeah.
0: Mendez, Canada. It's a different
1: country.
0: Okay, I, what else? Okay, so my I'm writing these down as I go, which is why I'm talking so slowly. Um Adventures <laughs> in <laughs> In Your Own Backyard by Patrick Watson is my number one played song. Mm. Do you know it? Uh, well, I'm sure if I played it, I would. But Lucius, Lucius, Luscious, that was my top album, top <laughs> artist. <laughs> do I mean, not do know these Lucius
2: was? or Luscious?
0: Lucius, I think. Do you
1: not use of. Spotify? Who, me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I use it all the time. Okay. But but you know these people, right? You just don't know how to pronounce it?
0: Lucius. I know Lucius, but I do not know how to pronounce it. Shaky Graves was number number two. Nice. That's good. Nice. Patrick Watson was number three. No clue. Fruit fruit Bats was number four. (laughs) Fruit Bats. I thought mine was weird. (laughs) And Henry Jameson was number five. Okay, hold on. The dogs have entered. Give me a second. No good. Oh, Hi. Hi there, Sumo. <clears throat> Come here. Oh, okay. Trot, 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 trot. Trot, trot. Oh, Oops. they see treats. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know why my parents said that because then I have to go wash my hands because I'm allergic to dogs.
1: You're allergic to dogs?
0: Their saliva gives oh, me hives. Yeah. Oh. Sorry, Sumo. I know, he's so sad right now. <laughs> okay, let's just move on. Okay. <laughs> whatever let's do it,
2: it do you out. think this is the universe telling us no. that I'm not really uh, supposed to be on this show here? Nice. Is that how you feel Courtney? well I mean last week there were like rabid dogs <laughs> and then this week you've got your period from hell
0: and your period oh, taken I over by have, the devil I always have my period from hell that's that's just uh, that just happens every time it's the full moon <laughs> It's because I don't want to have kids. And so my ovaries want to murder me. <laughs> that's what I've decided. It's
1: <laughs> uh, a good story. It's like a serial,
0: a serial killer <clears throat> has been let loose. Man. And that serial killer is my ovaries. <laughs>
1: I think that's a children's story of the future,
0: Rachel. Oh my gosh. I sat, I had a staff meeting this morning and I sat next to this dude and he's like, How you doing? And I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> not so good. And then I opened up my little like uh, fanny pack. And there's <laughs> super plus tampons and mitols. <laughs> and he's like he's like, Is it that bad? I was like, It is horrific. And then he's like, What does it feel like? How bad? Like, what does it really feel like? And I was like, have you seen Psycho? You know when the <laughs> you know when the shower curtain gets ripped back and there's stabbing, lots of stabbing involved? Gosh. About that, that's about what it feels like. He was like, oh my god, I feel so sorry for girls. I was like, well. You're like you're the shy. funny thing is you forget about it the whole rest of the month, you know? And then it literally happens 12 times a year, but I forget every time. So anyways, here we go. <laughs> We're
1: back. Uh, <clears throat> you what? I said we're back. We're back.
0: Um. So yeah, if you can record Janelle, you know, because um. <laughs> mine doesn't want to.
1: It's all good. We're rolling. Yeah.
0: Sweet. Um. Okay. Yeah. That Courtney. We're rolling.
2: Okay. So we're rolling. So I should not tell my tam- my my period pad story from Dallas. Absolutely no, you absolutely supplement. should.
1: Welcome. <laughs> is probably all yours. the whole
0: thing I just shared is going to be all yep. over the internet in yep. like 48 hours
1: <laughs> unless you tell me otherwise.
0: Yep. <laughs> well, I need to ask. I this mean, this is why uh, you signed the waiver.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I have not used a feminine pad product since probably my first
0: period. Good job. Yes. I'm proud of you. I wish I could say the same.
2: Okay, so you are a regular are you a regular pad user?
0: And not pads. I don't use pads, no. I've never used a pad a day of my life. That oh, would, ever? Would, ever. Like, literally, that would, that no, that wouldn't do anything. I am, like, on the hour, I have to change out my super plus. It's a bloodbath. But
2: even when you <laughs> got your period, when your mom was like, honey, no, my this mom your didn't. period,
0: here's a pad? No, that we didn't have that conversation. I was a dancer, and, like, mm-hmm. the older girls talked to me about what was going to happen. My mom didn't have to. And I was like, what do I do? And then they're like, this is a tampon. And you shove it up there. We're all, <laughs> everybody's scared. You just do it. <laughs> so that's what I did.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Janelle, do you have any uh, insight? Do you, are you a regular pad user?
1: No. Nah, well, not anymore. I mean, I never really was, but, um, Here's a little non-advertised shout-out, but thinks uh, period underwear, change yes. your life. Change your life. It's all you yes. have now. But you
0: still use other stuff, too, not mm, just
1: that. No, I hardly use tampons anymore if I don't have to.
0: Oh, my God. I couldn't, dude. It's so heavy. I just, I, I couldn't.
1: Yeah, it depends. I mean, you also have to remember I wasn't getting my period for a really long time. That's true. It just started to be
0: normal I, again. So, I thought you were going to say, Courtney. I thought, yeah, <laughs> Courtney. I thought you were going to say that you use the um, the cup. So That's I did a... use the I did
2: use the Diva cup for a while, but apparently I'm I got the ones for women over thirty, and apparently my canal, or whatever we're going to call that, my my opening, <laughs> my where you put it, Your is vagina. not as wide as a typical. 30 plus because i was constantly in pain so i think i needed the under 30 size but anyway the reason i was asking is because i went to dallas on tuesday and for the very first time i got a pat down like a very intense pat down she Uh touched the you know like the top of my crotch probably four or five Uh times and at that point i had a tampon in and i wasn't worried about it and then i ran out of tampons. And asked the hotel if they could if they could give me a tampon. And she said they only had pads. And I haven't used a pad since I was, I got my period in fifth grade. So I haven't used a a pad since fifth grade. And of course I was like felt like I was waddling around. And then I yeah. had to go back to the airport the next day and had the pad. And I was so nervous that I was gonna have to go through that little um what is it called? Like, I mean, it's security, but what is the thing where it goes around you and you put your arms up and it. Uh, oh, the... yeah. 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 I, I was like really mortified that my pad was going to be the biggest thing <laughs> to show up on like
0: the X ray. I, I, I thought you were going to say you were going to be nervous that she was like padding me down and too. it was going to sound like a that's diaper. That's... <laughs> because,
2: Yeah,
0: exactly. That's what I would have said it
1: was. <laughs>
2: exactly what I was going to say. So yeah, I got done. I got out of there and they, and I was like, ah, oh, shoot. I got felt up yesterday, <laughs> but at least I had the tampon. But today I'm going to have this big bulky <laughs> diaper. And she's going to have to touch it. And fortunately I passed through and there was no issue, but oh I've decided oh, yeah. that the pads are the worst and I'm really intrigued by the Thinx underwear, especially they have a Thinx commercial that I saw recently, actually on Thanksgiving. I watched but, it I and it really uh, kind of inspired me. It said. Have you seen that commercial, Janelle, where they act, like not. boys have periods? Oh, no, I have not seen that commercial. Is but... this on cable? I actually just YouTubed it because somebody had mentioned it. Okay, I the was in I don't watch cable.
0: Yeah, I know, I don't either, but of course, you YouTube commercials.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's some good ass marketing there. <laughs> Well, because it was, it was a bunch of different generations of boys and men acting like they had periods and it was like a little boy going up to his dad and saying, dad, you know, what's happening to me and oh my dad God. describing That's what a period is. Man. And at that the I end it's felt. saying, you know, how would we treat periods if everybody had them? And I thought that was kind of a unique point of view for a period commercial. All right. So, like it in the
0: show notes, Rachel. Oh, don't worry, I already have my notes. <laughs> I thought you was good. I'm like, okay, look up commercial. But the
2: reason we watched this was because my mother-in-law-ish uh, thought that it was a pro-trans person commercial. And so she was like, I'm really surprised that there are pro-trans commercials on cable. And then I was like, we need to immediately watch this because I don't think that a Thinks commercial that's about periods is going to be like specifically intended to be pro-trans. But anyway, we watched it and it wasn't. And anyway... <laughs>
1: Courtney, can you come on the I'll podcast all meal. the time? <coughs> can, huh? <laughs> I said, can you come on the podcast all the time?
2: <laughs> I thought you said, can you talk that fast all the time? And I'm like, no, you are right. I am talking so You're fast not. right now. No, nope.
1: that was just inviting you to come back every single time.
2: We need uh, more I'm stories ready. like every, this. Every Thursday. What, every Careful Thursday. what you wish for? <laughs> <Just> <laughs> <now>. <laughs> Oh my uh, gosh, So, anyway, now that we've broken the period barrier.
1: We this is gonna be a solid start to a podcast between <laughs> last time where I think we were talking about pooping and burping <laughs> and partying. And then it's just gonna be like this nice break where we we had to stop and then it's gonna be like, Oh, but we're coming back to talk about our periods. <laughs> I might have to put a disclaimer at the beginning of it. If you don't want to listen to pooping or period talk, please fast forward to 25 minutes and seven
0: seconds. It's more like if you don't want to listen to it, then this is your opportunity to get over it and listen to it anyways because <laughs> no. shit's normal. So yeah. I read mean, that too.
2: But. Well, speaking of, I feel like one of the conversations that you two have been having on social media this week is about uh, unfollowing and getting folks to maybe unfollow after certain posts. And so maybe this is just going to be really showing who you are and the topics you're willing to cover. And these people can unfollow all they want.
0: Totally. And I love that that was the takeaway
2: (laughs) (laughs) that you got.
1: Rich is like, have we been getting Uh, more followers this week? 12. And it's going to, we'll release this and it'll be like, down 30. (laughs) Take
2: that.
0: (laughs) Uh, Oh my gosh so funny you know what though every time we talk about weird stuff like this it's not weird stuff not weird stuff like normal stuff that people don't usually talk about we I usually get people reaching out to me being like oh my god that was so funny I love that how can I be like people
1: actually really love it so well I think our most liked post is still the one where we talked about sharding and poop it was (laughs) (laughs) so oh still top yeah. like post
0: maybe that's the direction we'll Genal- take this Janelle's always like what's our niche I'm like I don't know and we're always like people who like pooping like <laughs> being inspired
1: and talking about shit but not
0: yeah <laughs> Just, we're right. gonna get sponsored by Depends <laughs>
2: <laughs> or thanks. I think thanks things actually would be pretty there cool.
0: there you go I'm that into be it sick.
1: Oh
0: man. Okay. Should we, should we introduce Courtney? Yeah. Let's introduce Courtney. Okay. So, um, Courtney Nicolay, uh, is our, I feel honestly, I feel like we've known you forever. I I feel like I've known you forever. Um, we, but technically we met you back in Milwaukee when Janelle and I were running Spire Fitness and I don't remember what position we are hiring for, but I immediately knew that I wanted you to be on the team and, um, yeah, I think we just like clicked right away. You were someone in search of what it means to be yourself, as was I, and as J- Janelle has become as well. Um, but Courtney works in the biotech field now. This is her 29th job on her journey to figure out who she is. Uh, she recently launched a blog called Tiny Steps, which was inspired Around her figuring out how to improve her choices um, by making better behaviors that lead to better habits. And so kind of that process of being able to figure out who she is and the life she wants to lead through her habits, behaviors and choices. So it's been fun to follow her on the social medias and she's got just a beautiful writing style that's really approachable and down to earth and hilarious. Um, so welcome Courtney. You're, I'm so glad that I convinced you to be on here <laughs> <laughs> because you literally go anywhere with us, um, and talk about anything. So, um, yeah, it's an honor to have you with us today. It is. It's
2: an honor to be here. Thank you for
1: having me. Yeah. And also,
0: um,
1: The name is Scout LaCroix, I believe.
2: Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) My alter ego is Scout LaCroix. Thank you to 2019 Ragnar after sitting around talking about what our names would be if we were able to rename ourselves. (laughs) And I was so impressed that y'all came up with Scout LaCroix for me because I just feel like it is absolutely the essence of who I am and who I want to be. And I relate to it so much more than Courtney Nicolay. So my, yeah, my Instagram name is at scout LaCroix. If anybody wants to follow me,
0: and we'll add it to the show notes. And oh, yeah. yeah, good point that you bring up. Um, Courtney's on our Ragnar team. So she's basically family. Mm-hmm. And um, when we did, was that at snowmass that you guys figured out yeah. that name? Mm-hmm. Because, as you could guess, Courtney loves well, you don't even love LaCroix. You love Waterloo, don't you? I do love Waterloo, but it's uh, only... I can only find it in
2: Texas. So actually, LaCroix is my jam.
0: All right. And Scout, because you are quite the Scout out there. <laughs>
2: well, <laughs> wow, that, was, that was really deep, Rachel. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, oh. A, because... A, because my do- my neighbor's dog when I was living in Bayview was named Scout. And every time the person shouted for their dog in the yard, I always really resonated with that name, A. B, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird Scout. Great name, great book. Um, and C, yeah, Girl Scouts. I was in the Girl Scouts. I always felt very close to that idea of scouting.
0: And... I mean, I literally, my picture of you is you just like, Randomly in some random outdoor thing with a backpack, and you're like, (laughs) you're out. I mean, you're like socks with your Tevas and your jeans, just scouting around with your compass and a Lacroix. That's like the adventure.
2: That's that's already an REI ad, and I wish that I could have been in it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I sadly was not there for the naming. No, I that was really sad. Where were you? She I think Claire and I, go, yeah, Claire and I had to go back. Hmm. But I want a name.
2: Yeah, I was just about to ask. I don't know. I think we chatted with Janelle and she really liked Reese. Reese.
0: That's um, also my
2: Instagram handle, yeah. though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's Janelle Reese, but still. Yeah. <laughs> that rebranding, we took it super serious. Oh, it's my Instagram <laughs> handle and my TikTok <laughs> handle because I'm now on TikTok. Wow. I'm so relevant. I posted a video of Crocodiles this morning, and it's had 20,000 views. No, it no, doesn't. Actually, I think it's up to 25,000, and it's only been live what's, for a couple of hours.
0: What's, like, a normal yeah. – like, if I went on today and posted for the first time, what would be, like, a normal entry-level I don't viewership?
1: really know because I posted other videos, and some of them have, like, no – people looking at them but then I posted a really dumb video of crocodiles and now we're up to 25k
2: <laughs> so it
0: just goes to show no that clue. that movie that movie stupid uh oh my gosh what is it? idiocracy idiocracy, idiocracy. <laughs> that is what people want <laughs> dumb it down you know this is probably true I don't even know. <laughs> I've just I've just been posting seen...
1: random things to see what happens. It's been a very interesting social experiment.
0: Have you seen Idiocracy, Janelle? I have not, because movies. Oh, my God. You need to go download it right now and okay. watch it. I'll check it out. Is it on Netflix? Uh, probably not. Mm.
2: Janelle, if you don't like Elf, I think you're going to hate oh, Idiocracy. You absolutely oh, no. are
0: going to, and you absolutely need to watch it. Anyways, I,
2: I couldn't get through that movie but boy I love elf so I don't know <laughs> tell me tell me what you think I
1: don't like like slapstick humor it's not my thing this is like slapstick like anchorman elf no, no. it's about it's though. more
0: like SNL parody oh I like SNL I think you're gonna like it Janelle
1: okay well, I'll
0: you give should it watch a try.
1: it maybe I'll watch another huh? plane ride when I fly home next week
0: yeah do it um, okay, should we actually talk about the topics at hand?
2: I, I do want to touch on the topics at hand, but I did <laughs> want to say that Rachel, you and I had our first date because I applied to be a brand ambassador at Spire. And yeah. we had our we had our coffee date across the street and Kick-a-poo. <clears throat> at Kick uh-huh. And you showed up, I think, wearing a hat. I don't think I saw your hair the whole time and I was curious.
0: This is, common, this, is this is like a common theme for people who've never met me. And I wear my toques and they're like, what's under there <laughs> for a long time? Cause I just wear it all winter.
2: And I'm fairly certain I went home afterwards and told Nick about it. Cause I was like, I love this woman as a human being, but boy, we did not talk about anything work related. I don't think she could even, Write up a summary of notes of my work experience if somebody asked her why I got hired. Um, because I don't think we actually even covered like my skills or previous work history. I think we like talked about your childhood cancer and life and trying to figure it out. And then you were like, well, you're hired. I
0: mean, so... let's be honest. Let's be honest. I was hiring you for a front desk position at a, at a fitness studio. And you, I mean, you sent me your resume, obviously you could do the job and you were like a people person that to me, the biggest thing was like, I can teach you the skills for this job. And I wanted people that I knew were going to be passionate in general, have like a curiosity and a thirst for life and wanted to genuinely connect with other people. And that's exactly who you were. That's why you were hired. Like the skills of a front desk position that could be, you can do that
2: i know i just still thought it was kind of funny it was probably the least and i'm not i'm sure you're not surprised to hear this but it was the least kind of standardized uh interview i've ever had probably of my 29 plus uh job interviews that i've had i've had 29 jobs so you know i've had at least like 60 interviews um so kudos to you on changing it up that's funny
0: well, that is funny because my interview with Janelle was absolutely the opposite. It was about two hours of the most grilling, <laughs> grueling questions, specifically about like, what if water starts dripping down the western side ah. of the wall and the studio? I was like, oh my What's god! The side, huh?
1: <laughs> that, uh, that reminds me. <laughs> I was very jaded. Oh, that, that, <laughs> that also reminds me, I think Courtney, our first Ragnar. I'm probably going to not say this word for word, but I think you were like, oh, my God, I didn't realize you had a personality (laughs) to me. I think I
2: (laughs) I I said I just didn't realize you could be, like, this fun and playful. Yeah, it was something like that. (laughs) Because you came off always so serious, and you were like, well, I had to because I was so young, and I wanted people to treat me with respect, and I was like, Okay.
0: (laughs) <laughs> and then like like, Lala, you're Lala. Uh
2: yeah.
1: Those were some uh, growing uh, growing times for me.
2: Well, I mean gosh, so I ended up being a general manager of an indoor cycling <coughs> studio <coughs> several years mm-hmm. later and I was thirty three to thirty-four when that happened. So I gotta give you kudos. I've said kudos twice during this uh, chat but um I've gotta give you some props because I was, you know practically a decade older than you were running a fitness studio. And it does take, there is a certain, I mean, gosh, we could get into that about work and um, impressions, but there is kind of a certain impression that a young woman running a place feels like they have to exude um, in order to kind of keep a place running and functional. So um, I can understand why you had to do that, but it's too bad that you had to do that. 'Cause yeah. you're fun and playful and, and we just thought that you were uh, <laughs> cold. <adorer>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: No, it's it totally is, fair. It
0: is funny though, because I remember when Janelle and I first started like hanging out and then people would be like, What? You're friends with Janelle? And I was like, Yeah, dude, she's amazing You'd <laughs> <People laughs> be like, what? But you did, you opened up to me, which a lot of people do. A lot of, I just have that personality. A lot of people open up to me really, really quickly. And so I don't know. I, yeah. But then I think once people heard that, they were like, all right. And then you kind of started loosening up a little bit. Yeah. I stopped caring so much. There's a
1: also a threshold where I was like, fuck all this. Like I wanted to do a really good job for the first couple of years. And then I was like, hmm. It's fine. We're making money. Let's just do it. And it helped to have support, though, because between Rachel, you and Danielle, like, having people that weren't, like, yes, I was your manager, but you were still sort of, like, in an elevated position that also started yeah. to open things up for me before, where it was, like, everyone
0: else was just, like, Wow, you know. Yeah. Well,
1: I mean, not everyone,
0: my... but. <laughs> yeah. And I'll toot my own horn, too, <laughs> that, like, I think it was really good for you to have Jim, who was, like a pretty typical boss and then me as a leader who, to your point, Courtney, like I am much more of a people leader and I like the skills of that job, you obviously knew how to do. And like, I felt like I was able to come in and show you a different way of leading a different way of like approaching business and looking at it. And I think those two sides were and are really important in finding your own place along that spectrum, if that makes any sense, so.
1: No, I think it does, it's, yeah, that was, um, I don't think I'll ever learn more in my life in a short amount of time than in that role, because one, it was, you're younger to mid-20s, which is already a time where you're trying to figure out who you are and what you're doing, and then to be running a business, and like a very, I mean, very successful business too when we were there, but anyway. Yes. It yeah. always cracks me up, though, because especially if you ask, like, when I when I transferred and started working in slow, um, like, if you would tell people that I was just very cold, like, they'd be like, what? Because <laughs> I showed up there, and I was like, ah! I'm like, hey, guys, Let's do weird shit. High kick. Woo. And they're like, who the fuck are you? So, just went from being cold to, like, cuckoo. So...
2: But do you think that has something to do with the role? If oh, totally. If you would totally. have taken a, you totally. know, a top managerial position where you're going to be responsible for 40 people, do you think you would have gone in high-kicking and being like, fuck? Yeah, I think I'm, <laughs> I'm going to keep the high-kick. But yes, it had to do with the role, too. It was like, <laughs>
1: I don't manage anyone. I don't run shit. There's like three people that do my same job. <laughs> so yeah, it did. Like, that made a huge difference, too, versus being like, hey, I'm pretty much, I don't know, this like the... For, I guess a lack of a better term, the CEO of the company, you know, wasn't gonna
0: come and be like, "What's up, guys? I'm 23. Fuck y'all.
1: Let's talk yeah. about our periods."
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, I know. but now that you're 20,
0: whatever, what are you? 28. I'm 28 and a half. Now you can do that. You now I can. Under your belt.
1: <clears throat> I know. I feel I'm. I'm much more confident. Like it, I think it also it's confidence in yourself too, because I'm also. I'm confident in my skills now, and I'm like, you know what, if you don't like my fucking personality, whatever, but my skills are really good, so so if you think I'm a little weird, that's fine, but I will Janelle deliver. Janelle's so mature
2: now that she says she's 28 and a half.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've always said I'm a half
0: because I celebrate
1: my half birthday. Oh, you do?
0: See, at a certain point, over the once it gets to the second half, I just start saying, Round up. I'm almost the next age. That way I can get used to it. Because I'm now at the age where it's like, Ooh, all right, <laughs> this is going to be a hard one to say. So I'm going to start getting used to it. That way, once I turn it, I'm like, oh, I already felt like I was there for the last half year.
1: I do that too, though. And then sometimes I forget when my actual birthday is coming around. I'm like, I like double it again, like this year when I turned 29. I'll be like, oh, I'm 30. And then I'm like, no, wait, no, you're 29. You'd just be saying you're 29 when you are actually 28. I get myself confused.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Age is just a Slanty construct. Life. life. All right, cool. So <laughs> let's talk about debt, shall we? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, so um, Courtney, truly, though. We've watched you on this journey of becoming debt free from your college debt. Um, So, what kind of sparked that? And how did you, I mean, in a really, really quick time, you were just like, this is happening. You made it happen. And, like, I mean, dramatically paid off your debt really, really fast. So, Mm -hmm. kind of just like talk about that journey and yeah, what it was like. Sure.
2: So, Um, I make a, I make a joke often that I have three too many liberal arts degrees and I do. So I was a first generation college student. Neither of my parents went to college. My brother went to a tech school, um, but I had no guidance really at all as a high schooler. I did really well in school and was always, was always really good at my academics. Always had, you know, 4.0s from the second that I could have grades And I hung out with really smart people who were going to go off to really good schools. And I knew that college was something that I was supposed to do. Um, But my parents never really talked about it. They, They knew I was going to go because I told them I was going to go. So I applied to one university, which is kind of laughable now, because when I talk to college or soon to be college students, high school students now, I feel like they're applying to like 10 or more colleges at least. And I threw my name into the university of Minnesota hat because they had reciprocity with Wisconsin fortunately got
0: accepted and did you say did you say unfortunately got accepted no 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 no. fortunately (laughs) sorry
2: I very fortunately got accepted (laughs) to one school that I applied to okay got it and uh And there began my de- my debt journey. My parents also didn't really talk about money with me growing up. I always had a job. My first job was at a dinner theater in Fort Atkinson, Wisconsin called the Fireside. And I worked Ooh-hoo. in the gift shops, making five dollars and fifteen cents an hour. Get it, girl. <laughs> big bucks. Big bucks. I took my money to the buckle and I bought me some lucky jeans whenever I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I spent all my money on crap. Didn't save any of it. Went off to school at a campus that has 65,000 people. The town I grew up in had 10,000 people. So really had no idea what I was getting into. Um, pretty much just said yes to all of the student loans that I could get. My dad took on a ton of parent plus loans, which means that fortunately it was not signed on to me. It was signed on to him. He was solely responsible and I don't think he knew exactly what he was getting himself into either, but he ended up taking on 60 K of student loan debt. And I ended up taking on 40 after all was said and done. Um, I did study abroad five times in college, so that added up very quickly um, so every single semester just was like, yeah, give me the max amount. I'm going to pay my rent with this. And I, I'm going to have a Chipotle addiction and walk across the street every day from my freshman dorm and get a Chipotle burrito and put on 30 pounds my freshman year. Get it. And get my first credit card from REI that my dad had to close two months later because I couldn't pay it off. Um, I was doing really well. So, yeah.
0: Driving. <laughs> right. I can't. I- Can I interject really quickly? Please do. So my freshman year, I was randomly room, well, no. At orientation, I was supposed to have a random roommate. At orientation, I met this girl who, like, we became besties, like, in the hot second that we met each other. And we, like, put in to be in the same, anyways, long story short, we ended up being roommates. And she was from Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville Tennessee Memphis Tennessee she's from Memphis and she came in on top of like a lot of other things that was like a crash course into um Memphis like sorority she went to an all-girls school like she was the girliest girl I'd ever met in my entire life she also had a credit card that her parents had given her and so she we would go shopping she would go shopping like like the first week just like I was like, "Dang, this chick—they like—I've never seen anything like this. This is incredible." I was like, "Whoa!" And then her mom surprise visited us, and was like, "This has to stop." And she pulled me aside, and she's like, "When I leave, you have to like—I don't remember." It was like you have to cut up this credit card. And so when she left, Warren oh is sitting in her room in our dorm room and she's like, I have to cut up these credit cards and she's bawling. And so I'm like, I'm like, it's okay, it's okay. Because I, I didn't have a credit card. So I was just like, everything's gonna be okay. <laughs> and she goes to start cutting up the credit card. And while she's cutting it, the credit card Sliced her finger oh my God. so terribly. I think she had to have stitches. It was like the most traumatic oh thing God. for this poor girl. Like on top of like her having the experience that you're you had that you're explaining right now. Then she's like crying, cutting off these credit cards, feeling <laughs> like shit, and then she fucking cuts this shit. Yeah, I was like,
1: this isn't real. Welcome to this adulthood. Yeah, <laughs> you're 18 now, kid. <laughs> Life fucking sucks.
2: Seriously. (laughs) Okay, continue. Continue. Uh, Please interrupt me because I can surely go on, as you know. So, um, yeah, REI, I didn't know that that was a thing until I went to Minneapolis and discovered that it's the greatest store on planet Earth. And, of course, I got – of course, I signed on for a credit card and, of course, bought all the things there. But I did not have a job. Um, nor any income. So when my first bill came, and the minimum payment was hundred dollars, my dad was like, "Oh, that was fun. So I'm gonna close that for you now." Um, so that was my very first experience with credit, which was not a great one. And then five years later of undergrad, I've got my hundred plus thousand dollars of student loan debt. That you know, hundred k after reciprocity of in-state tuition from a midwestern state school. Um, with a degree in international studies, so, you know, prime, prime real estate for large incomes and salaries and benefits when you, when you study Latin America for five years. Um, so then I graduated, and because the jobs are just very lucrative when you can talk about Latin America, I decided to do AmeriCorps VISTA, Are you familiar with AmeriCorps Vista
0: or AmeriCorps? Absolutely. You get paid nothing. (laughs) Yeah, I got paid $758
2: a month to work full time.
0: Where did you do it?
2: So actually, to be honest, of all of the Vista positions that I could have gotten, the one that I got was very sweet. It was at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee in their community service office. And the university did provide AmeriCorps folks with free housing. So I lived in a really, really nice two-bedroom
0: like, I mean it's a pretty it's pretty awesome. I know most of the nonprofits that Dylan's worked for, they usually have at least one or two AmeriCorps vistas. The program is phenomenal. I yeah. mean the real
2: world experience that I got is just unfortunate because you graduate and everybody thinks like, I've graduated, now I'm gonna get this real job with a real salary and start making it and then you go out apply for a billion jobs all over you're not competitive and you fall back on a year of service program that pays $700 a month and the bonus is that they get—they tell you that you can apply for food stamps. So I was also on food stamps for a year. Um, so I did that and then I loved that position at the university so much that I just decided to apply for grad school and Oregon State University in Corvallis, Oregon uh, offered me two years of free grad school so I moved off to Corvallis. And even though they offered me free grad school, I got so nervous about the thought of not having loans that I still took out five thousand dollars during those two years. And I also got over fifteen thousand dollars in additional scholarships on top of free tuition, and I had a job, um but I still took out five thousand dollars with a you know seven percent interest rate. So still hadn't quite learned my lesson, continued to take on the debts and. Uh, after graduating, I worked for a couple of years at a university in Milwaukee at Marquette University. And are you familiar with the um, uh, 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 the forbear what is it called the why is the why is it not coming to me Student loan Student loan forgiveness program. Are you familiar with that? i I think so. So they, there's essentially a couple of fields where if you work in it for 10 years, your loans yeah, are supposed yeah, to be yeah, forgiven, yeah. yeah, and they're often in, like, nonprofits. Yeah. Um, if they're serving – a lot of teachers have it. If you're serving kind of a low-income population or high-need population. Yeah. Well, if you follow that at all, tons of people have signed on for it, and I was one of those people thinking that I would work at the university for 10 years and get my loans forgiven. Um, but 99% of people who have applied – over the last decade have gotten denied. So When do you
0: have to apply for that?
2: You if, can apply for it at any time. But ideally you would have applied for it when you first started working in that field because you could count your yeah, you know every single yeah. year. I think the, I don't think it's retroactive.
0: Oh, I should tell okay. Dylan that cuz he is thinking he can do that. Because he's been in the nonprofit world for a while,
2: I'm fairly certain it's not retroactive. And B, the people who have filled out the paperwork correctly, 99 percent of them have been denied. So all of these people thought that they were they were going to work in social work, nonprofits, healthcare, education, and we've all just been putting the minimum payments towards our student loans, doing you know income based repayment. This is how much I make. This is as little as I can yeah, put on it totally. every year. I'm going to have all of the interest every year accumulate because I'm just making, you know, the littlest of payments here because that's all they're requiring me to do based on my income. And in 10 years, hopefully it'll be paid off. And all these people are kind of getting a rude awakening now, learning that they did not qualify. And for 10 years, they've been making just the smallest amounts of payments on their student loans and the, and. Some people, so there's this podcast I've been listening to called Borrowed Future, and they've been sharing stories of folks about their student loans. And some folks now have, years later, even though they've been making the minimum payments, well over what they originally started off with just because of interest. And when I started hearing these stories about people having you know, a $15,000 loan that's now $30,000, $40,000, and they didn't even graduate, that's kind of what stunned me a little bit I think that's what started to get me thinking about oh my god I've got to get these stupid things out of my life I don't want to be a part of this system that's benefiting Mm -hmm. off of all of and I I'm not going to say innocent I do feel like we're innocent but at the same time we we're not totally duped we're we're signing on the dotted line we know that we're taking on these loans to get this education that we ultimately think is going to pay off so I'm not going to say we're totally innocent, but I really do thinking it's, it's taking advantage of maybe naive populations who, naive or um, low to middle income, first generation students who don't recognize exactly what the repercussions are, what the salary is of a person who's got an international studies bachelor's degree, you know, what... How long it's going to take to pay off these student loans. And when I started listening to this podcast, it's just an eight-episode series, I just started, honestly, getting really angry. Um, and I think based on community organizing classes that I've taken, anger is the emotion that gets people to move the most. Like, you can be compassionate. You can be empathetic. You can be all these things. But until you actually get angry, which is not a very comfortable emotion for a lot of us, you're not going to do anything and I actually started getting angry about the whole thing like for a decade I've took out, I've been paying these minimum payments um, how much money is Sally Mae and all these other companies getting and then of course Sally Mae took their staff out to some resorts in Hawaii this year and celebrated for having the most you know debt ever in the history of student loan debt um, and that just honestly infuriated me. So that's where it all started. And I'm gonna stop talking so that you folks can say something. Because I've been going on. Well,
0: for I'm minutes. you're good, you're good. I'm curious what kind of loans are these? Cause like the loans that I have are fixed interest now, but I had to consolidate them. And I, I consolidated at a really low interest rate, but then it was like, you know, 15 year fixed. And so it wasn't based on my income, which means but that sounds very different than, because I've talked to other people um, who are kind of in the same boat as you were, where they're like, I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, and it just keeps growing. Um, and so what kind of loan was it? Was it a variable interest rate loan? I don't, I'm do not so out of my depth when, in terms of the different kinds of loans that exist. But um, do, you, do you know what kind it was? I mean, it was it was
2: always consistently like 5.3 or something for my undergrad, and maybe six point something for my grad. Um, and, it, and my issue personally was not I mean, I I was paying interest every year, and I but I also was seeing a dent. Um, I don't know what the folks who are getting themselves into like what kind of rates they must be getting, where it's literally compounding thousands it of must dollars.
0: Be. So when I first bought a house because I thought that everybody buys a house right when they graduate college. (laughs) Um, I was part of the group that was qualified for loans that they actually couldn't afford. And so it was called a piggyback loan. So I qualified for a certain amount of loan, and then I got a loan on top of a loan for the remaining amount. And I remember when I my real estate agent was like, okay, well, you don't actually have enough money to buy this house, but there's this special loan that they're offering right now. And you qualify for that. Just, I remember her saying though, you have to make sure that you refinance within five years. And if you, but, cause if you don't, it's going to balloon like that. It's a variable rate. It's fixed for five years. And then it turn the piggyback turns into a variable rate. And that's where people get screwed up. And for whatever reason, I remembered that. And at the four year mark, I was in a position where I could actually refinance because a lot of people, you know, might not be because it costs money to do that. And I did. And that, I mean, that honestly saved me when the housing market burst, when that bubble burst. Um, I was in a decent place. I'm not going to say that I had like all this money. I mean, I certainly was in a position where. I wasn't driving my car. I was riding my bike even in the winter in Minnesota and, and like buying cheese from Aldi to get my protein. Um, (laughs) like in a pretty tough scenario to be able, I mean, I was just barely making enough to cover my, my mortgage. Um, but I, you know, I got out of it and I learned a shit ton through that experience. Um, but a lot of people got we're not that lucky. Um, and so that's why I I feel like maybe there's like some variable rate thing going on there, um, that causes it to balloon. Um, I mean, I guess if you're just deferring payments and you're continuing to gain interest on, a base that's continuing to grow because every month it's growing like it makes sense that it would grow over time it's just it's interesting so yeah I think it depends
1: on where you get your loans from too because there's obviously government loans and then sometimes if depending on how much your parents make you might not um be eligible for certain Mm -hmm. loans so then you have to go through like a private bank or something like that and those interest rates are typically higher
2: yeah yeah Well, that's just it. It's like I said, the people who are already seemingly the most naive and the least informed, they typically might not be the person. I mean, I had a parent plus loan, so my Mm -hmm. dad was able to help me sign on the line. But some folks might not have parents who have the credit or they might not have the credit and then they just have last resorts and they're going to the bank and taking this insanely (laughs) stupid loan out because it's the only one they can get and they've been told that they have to go to college. Right. Right. I'm curious. Wait. Do you regret your education? That's funny. I've been I've been writing a lot about that lately. Um, I actually don't regret my education. I just wish I would have gone about it differently. Now that I've read, I don't know, 35 books about personal finances this year and listened to hundreds of hours of podcasts on the topic and listened to that Borrowed Future podcast, I just think that I fell into the trap of you graduate from high school and then you go off to a nice school and then you graduate in four years and then the hard work that you've put in will get you the nice paying job and et cetera, et cetera. And boy, now that I just have read so much about, uh, even if I would have just done two years at a community college, gotten my, you know, gen eds out of the way, paid half of the Amount paid half of the tuition for just like my math and science and chemistry and astronomy and all those classes. Um, but honestly, I don't think that we would be talking today if I would have done yeah. that because I think that that i mean the path that I took i'm I'm completely happy with ultimately where it got me to. um I think that I had a different experience in Minneapolis as a you know small town Wisconsin girl my brain practically exploded from all of the new sites and things that I learned um, during those years that I don't think I would have necessarily gained had I gone to like a local community college for most of my time um, right after high school. But so, yeah, it's just like, they always say, you know, when that inter- the podcast, they said, why are you, why are you wanting to go to college? And there were so many different responses that these juniors in high school said it was a prep high school prep. And they interviewed people and they most of them said, because it's what you do um, yeah. for the experience was the, probably the most common one for the experience. And then because my parents, you know, everybody in my family has graduated from college, which means I then graduate. And the experience like always kind of sticks with me because we're paying, I paid 100K for the college experience. And yes, I had a pretty special one. I got to study abroad a ton. Um, I got to live in a cool city on a cool campus. And I don't know if that's worth 100K. If I would have just at 18 taken a gap year or two with $100,000, like what would I have done with $100,000? Would I have had the confidence to go and travel the world and maybe start up some side hustles and businesses and kind of explore some things and actually figure out what my passions and potential career paths would be instead of just jumping into something right away. and spending 100k to try to figure it out and then graduate and still not have it figured out so I don't know it's a really interesting topic um
1: Bijan and I actually talk about that a lot like we both went to college um and I am glad I did but I think now knowing what I know too I probably would have just went to a tech school like I don't regret it either but I think there are other things that I would have done if I knew that... I mean, there obviously was a possibility, but if I felt like there was another possibility other than going to college, and I I mean, same for me, too. It's just like, no, you're going to graduate, you're going to get good grades in high school, and you're going to go to college. Like, that is what you're going to do. Otherwise, you, quote-unquote, won't be successful. Um, But I think it's starting to change a little bit. I think people are getting a little um, better perspective on the many options that there are out there and not just college.
2: I think it's having to change because the workforce, we're all becoming becoming really, really educated in one niche area of like computers, administration, engineering, and all of the, all of the jobs that used to be quite um, like just the kind of the blue collar tech jobs folks aren't becoming educated on that anymore. And what do you know, they actually pay really, really well those positions, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't have to have a four-year degree or a master's degree to go into those kind of more blue-collar type areas and you can start off making 80k. So I think people yeah. are actually starting to to kind of rethink the story we've been told.
1: And this has been another episode of the True North Collective podcast. This is going to be part one of our episode with Courtney. We had such a good time talking with her that we ended up recording over two hours. We're going to break the two parts of the episode into part one and part two. Watch for part two coming up soon. But while you wait, you can check us out on the gram at the True North Collective underscore. And if you like what you heard today, please leave us a review on wherever you're listening to this and tell a friend about the true
2: north collective until next time